to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we started a new K-drama. We started Mr. Sunshine. We watched the first four episodes. Um, holy cow, why is everyone not talking about this K-drama? Hey, hey, everyone, why aren't we talking about this? What? Why did we ever watch any show but this one? What Let's if we... just watch this one forever. Yeah, what if we continually watch this one over and over again? Like, the next time we go around through, we'll do it episode by episode? Um, yes. Yeah. And then we'll go scene by scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, really break it down. One year of Mr. Sunshine. And then we'll go back <laughs> to our regular podcast schedule. 2021, the Mr. Sunshine year. <laughs> We're not losing our minds. It's just a very good show. Have you seen it? It's so good. It is outstanding. And I guess there's just a part of me uh, that is a little bit hurt that Netflix had to tell me about it and that the world didn't tell me about it. You know, like I don't I don't mean to judge (laughs) the K-drama community. I'm in it. But I just feel like I have not heard anything about this show. And then I was scrolling through Netflix one day. Oh, uh, here's a hot take. I'm the one that requested a historical drama. Like, Em and I had talked about it, and I was like, listen, this will be the first and last time you ever get me, Raquel, asking (laughs) if we can maybe watch a period piece. Um, Yeah, what is that? Yeah, because they usually make me really nervous. But anyway, I was scrolling through Netflix one day through their Korean dramas, and this one in the description says it's from the creators of Goblin and Descendants of the Sun. I mean, I knew about it. I had heard of it. I know Lee Evie loves it. I, uh, I, I've heard things about it that made me not want to watch it. And we can get to those when we get to those. But yeah, I've heard Lee Evie really likes it. And I went on Twitter yesterday after watching the episodes. I swear to God, I've never seen anything about Mr. Sunshine on Twitter. Never once. And of course, there was a tweet right there at the top of the news feed that was like, it just said like, Mr. Sunshine is really good. And I was like, get off my feed. You need to not. I have never seen Mr. Sunshine on Twitter. And this will not be spoiled for me. Yeah, also spooky that it's listening to you. First of all, it's in your brain. Second of all, yeah, get off the feed. Hey, Hey, Twitter, just because we talk about something doesn't mean we want spoilers about it. Yeah, if I watch something on Netflix, don't start pulling all the keywords from your little, your little tweet palace and put them in my newsfeed. That is the opposite of what I want. Thank you. Oh, <sighs> this is just too good to be ruined, and we will not ruin it for you, and don't let anyone else ruin it for you. Just quit Twitter for the next four weeks. Yep. Only listen to us, but only when you watch. <laughs> Actually, so big surprise. Um, this K drama is 24 episodes long. Oh no, I didn't even see that. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> okay. That's. I was. Because we went into it and I was like, are you kidding me? A beautiful, wonderfully produced K drama that's got one hour episodes like hello who is this 
<laughs> nice to meet you, Mr. Sunshine. Of course they would trick me and be like, ha, four, not four, eight more episodes. Eight more episodes. Yeah, they snuck in that eight additional hours in, you know, that way, because usually that's just snuck in as, like, 15 to 20 minute increments. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, not this time. They blatantly went for it. I mean, I'm here. I'm all yeah. for it. Uh, it's As long as they continue to do as good a job with every single episode as they've done with the first four, then I will watch, I will happily watch all 24 hours of this K-drama. <laughs> I love it so much, but that's a lot of hours. <laughs> I feel like when you say like 16 hours of a K-drama, you're like, that's that's quite a few days. Like, that's going to take a few weeks for us. When you say 24, I'm like, 24 hours, that's one day. I can do this. <laughs> that sounds easy peasy. I don't know why my brain does that. I don't know. Something about time increments. And something about time increments. Psychology. Instead of being like, that's six weeks. I'm like, that's one day. You can do that. <laughs> You can, what if uh, we just, well, I mean, then we couldn't do it in one day, Uh, but we could, now that we've got four hours out of the way, plus this, the fifth hour of our recording, heck, we could take 24 hours and do the rest of it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's just record this one super fast so that we have so much content in our storage for when I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, smart. <laughs> this seems like a good idea that won't make us miserable. <laughs> I've already signed up to rewatch the first four episodes over the weekend with Jason. He, I don't think he's watched a drama with me since we moved away. Like, he would watch them when you and I would watch them. Mm-hmm. If it was the three of us, he might join us. When it's just the two of us, he's like, he just has no interest. So this is a moment for me. And I'm like, yeah, we might have to watch historicals from now on. Apparently that's what gets him, is me trying to really poorly explain what part of Korean history this is. And him being like, okay, I'll just watch it. I straight up even, so I did try and describe it to my mom. So I, I big time feel what you just said about poorly describing what part of Korean history it's taking place in because I was like okay so at one point like America American ships like attack this coastal town in Korea and I'm pretty sure that happened in history and she was like didn't you take a comparative Asians history class in college and I was like 100% I did (laughs) yep he so Jason has a bachelor's in history and he's got like, ooh, eight more months on his master's in military history. That's crazy with a focus on East Asia. So I was like, it's like Japan is occupying Korea, I think. And he's like, okay, okay. I know when that happened. And I'm like, and also these American ships are showing up. He's like, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's (laughs) historically accurate. And I was like, I think it's around... The 1900s? When was Teddy Roosevelt 
the president and he's like okay pop quiz time I think 1905 and I was like okay and when was um Lincoln assassinated I think that was the first scene of the show and he's like this is not a fun game um I was like yeah they put the dates on the screen for the first episode I should know but I did not pay attention I did that thing where it would be like 1864 and I'd be like I don't need to remember that and then two minutes later it'd be like 1893 and I'm like oh no how many years later is that am I supposed to know yeah no I didn't I could not track time. I have also never had to rewind a K-drama as much as I've had to rewind this one (laughs) just to know what was happening. Not because the writing isn't good, it's fantastic. And not because it's just not, like, 100% produced well in every way. Yes, it is. I am so dumb. And and the subtitles go so quickly. Yeah. It feels like there's not a single scene that was wasted in this K-drama. Not a single line. Yeah. Like you said, the words go so fast. So I'm worried that if I miss one of those very fast-moving subtitles, then I will miss something extremely important. And so I rewind if one goes too quickly, and I don't think that I understood exactly what they were trying to convey in that moment with that background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is rough. It is rough enough trying to keep up with the story, let alone the history of it all. So forgive us for mostly ignoring the history of Korea. Yep. We'll round back to that. If Jason keeps watching, I'll try to explain more of the history in real world concepts and try and discover what's historically accurate and what's historical fiction. What that'll you, be fun for everyone. What do you think the odds are that we could get Jason to be on our bonus episode of this K-drama? It depends when we do it. We usually record when he's at work. I'd be willing to change our schedule if he was willing to do the thing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's okay if it's you so won't. Hard. No I pressure. Know. I just can't decide if I want it. That's a weird feeling. I don't know. Uh, listeners, tell us if you want an episode that might be more about the history of Korea and whether this show is historically accurate. He would also have to watch all 24 episodes, which I don't know if he wants to commit to. He, I said four, he committed to one, so we'll um, see. As a, I guess, as a look into your future, perhaps, um, I do want to say that I got my boyfriend to watch one, the first episode with me last night, and then I watched the next three while he was at work today. Um, I, he, okay, so at the end, he said, I don't know, I'm kind of confused, and I was like, is it because you fell asleep during the last 20 minutes of the episode? And he said, no, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) 100, he was dozing. He didn't fully fall asleep, but only because I kept on saying, you've got to watch this part. (laughs) So he does that. Yeah, he falls asleep during everything. We never can finish a movie or a show together. <laughs> That's insane to me. Yeah. Usually, um, I don't want to like stereotype here. I think usually the woman is the sleeper. Like, my mom is the same way. And Ooh. then our friends, our married couple friends that we saw over the weekend, we were talking to them about it. And our the female uh, in that relationship, it's a... She was also like, uh, yeah, no, I fall asleep, but 
my husband can usually stay awake through the whole thing. So I don't know what it is, but, uh, but yeah, Craig can't, Craig can't stay awake. Whoa. Maybe we're just old. I think Jason and I have very strict sleeping schedules where we, he goes to sleep at like 1030 every night on the dot. So I think he knows it would mess up his sleep schedule if he fell asleep any earlier during a TV show. So he just wouldn't do it. He just would never do that. He's too old. Man. But now I'm so worried. <laughs> I hope you I just wanted to love it so much. Anyways, I love it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um wanna actually cause we've been talking a lot about how much we love it, but we could talk about some specifics here. Yeah, I think we've been avoiding that because we're not gonna be good at it. We're pretty overwhelmed by it's very good. <laughs> And that is overwhelming for us. I feel like our first episode, this episode, will be a lot like the first episode of the drama, where you're kind of like, okay, they're trying to explain seven different storylines while also not explaining anything. Yeah, they were like, okay, we'll keep some mystery about it, for sure, for sure, for sure. For we'll sure. Keep, we'll keep the mystery, but introduce like 17 characters. So keep it moving along. Yeah, holy cow. I was I am not a smart enough person to keep track of as many storylines as they had in the first episode. I will say that much. And like you I, said, the dates kept on coming up and I was like, okay, is this before uh-huh. or after at the same time as that other thing that was happening? Yeah, I think all of it came together within the next few episodes where you started to be able to see everyone in the same time period and how old they each were and you're like okay I didn't need to do the math and keep track of the dates I can just see that like Eugene and maybe the gunner are maybe the same age ish and then Aisheen is like younger than them in real life she's 20 years younger than the male lead (laughs) That's so much. I don't know. It's two adults. Two adults who've consented to playing these roles of two adults. That's cool with me. We will never forgive other shows for being like two adults consenting to play one adult and one teenager in a relationship. That's not okay. But, I mean... They're adult actors. They're playing adult people, so the twenty age age gap or the twenty year age gap, it's not gonna bother me. I was just blown away. Um, who is this man who is not aging? Yes, at, at all whatsoever. I also looked <laughs> him up. Uh, his name is Lee Byung Hun. Um, this is the first time I've ever had a cast list fully pulled up Asian Wiki style in front of me for the first episode. Because there's a lot to keep track of here. Um, (laughs) Sorry, we also usually do the what they've been in in the bonus episode, but I thought it was really interesting because he's been in, like, Hollywood films, I'm pretty sure. Oh! Like, uh, maybe not the most high-ranking Hollywood films, but, like, G.I. Joe. Dang! Yeah. So, he's been around... That's amazing. 
So he does maybe actually speak English fluently? Yes, because his English is also, every time a Korean actor in a K-drama speaks English, I will always be so impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I Because I just think like being bilingual in general is a very impressive, it's a very impressive thing, like an accomplishment that people have that I do not have. So I'm always like, oh, dope, you're the coolest person in this room because it's not me. Um, <laughs> but and I always like, not in a bad way, I always just assume they've memorized those lines yeah. in English. And I'm like, that's still incredibly impressive. That takes so much skill. But I, my assumption is always that not that they are fluent in another language, but that they have memorized those lines in another language, which is still crazy impressive. But it is mind-boggling to be like, no, no, no. He speaks a whole nother language. Yes. 100% he does. Uh yeah, so and you can tell, like it really shows, because when he speaks English, it's like um, that's just crisp, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he is amazing. There's a lot of different dialects going on in this show, which is buck wild. Just constantly, at any given moment, we could switch between four or five different languages. Honestly, so. It's so cool. Yeah, he also speaks Japanese. I don't know if he's also fluent in that or if that he's just memorizing lines. But still, can you leave some talent for the rest of us, bud? Hey, that's a lot of talent you're throwing you're throwing around. I'm can impressed. You stop? But dang. But dang, do I get where Ashin is coming from where she's like, I hate that everybody can speak ten languages and I <laughs> can shoot a gun. I thought that was really cool that I could shoot guns really well. I worked really hard at that. But everybody else is coming up in here shooting guns and speaking in foreign languages. I hate this. This is bullshit. I get you, girl. I see you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a uh, I feel that in a big way. Um especially when you're trying to track at any given moment um Usually you can hear the change in dialect, but it's harder when you're a dumb English-speaking uh, monolingual American where you sometimes are like, I'm pretty sure it just switched from Japanese to, or from Korean to Japanese. Oh, and yep, fine. Thank you, subtitles, for telling me, but also, like, <laughs> dang. <laughs> That's fair, though. I don't have that problem. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand that problem. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you can definitely tell, but it just takes a minute for your brain to catch up when you're not used to, like, speaking all of those or hearing all of those in a 30-second time frame. Yeah. It's crazy impressive. I think it's definitely harder for me to tell the difference when someone, um, like... The main character, I already forgot his name, I'm so sorry. Eugene Choi? Oh, yeah, I remember his character oh, name. I Lee don't know Bien-Han. his real man name. Yes, thank you. Because he is fluent in three languages, it is harder to tell when he switches between Korean and Japanese. Or no, no, no. He's somewhat, he's somewhat clear. Yeah. Whereas some people, you can tell Korean is like, their first language and Japanese 
they're speaking with kind of a Korean accent. And that's so much harder for me to tell. I feel like he is very distinct between his three languages. He's very crisp. He's worked on the accents and other other characters. I'm like, I'm lost on what language you're speaking. Just give me just, just 10 seconds. I'll catch up. Let me switch my uh, brain from Korean to Japanese. Okay, thank you. Yes, I now am okay. hearing the I, difference. Yes. I can hear it. It's just a little accented. I get it now. Yeah. Um, but like, Ultimately, so impressive how much, like, ooh, there's so many moving parts in this show. And that's yeah. also what is keeping it confusing, because not only are you trying to keep up with the difference in dialects, it matters what they're speaking at any given moment in time, because it's usually communicating something. I think the best scene that illustrates that is when the hotel owner, um, Hina Kudo, mm-hmm comes in to help out one of her serving staff who's being harassed by a pro-Japanese um, like man who just is a jerk. And his friend is like, oh, you're embarrassing me. We're never getting invited back here. Um, uh-huh. But she, she ultimately attacks him. And then the way she speaks in the different... Because in Korean, she just says like, pretty much like sorry as you were in and she's talking to her staff at that point like just you know don't worry about them you know bite them if they come at you again which i love Uh and then (laughs) she she straightens up and in japanese she says i'm so sorry for the commotion uh and she's very respectful and then in english she says hey sorry about it but wasn't it fun yeah (laughs) And so it's the perfect scene to illustrate how dynamic she has to be dealing with those different cultures, but how much it matters, Mm -hmm. like the way that you're speaking and how you handle issues between the different cultures is really impressive. Mm -hmm. That was such a nuanced scene, too, where like, I don't know, it just I love how they illustrated that. It's such a good introduction to her as a character, where I feel like they really... Like, a a lesser K-drama could have introduced this character as just someone more problematic, uh, more existent, just for the sake of, like, the love triangle that she could create. And they're like, oh, no, no, this ma'am is doing work of her own. Thank you. She's got so much character and so much going on. Of her own volition. She is barely interested in this love story. Thank you. Thank you, next. Uh, She's amazing. So cool. So intimidating. Yeah, I'm terrified of her in the best way. Uh Uh-huh. I don't yet know how to feel about this love circle that is continually growing. It was a love square for a minute, and I was like... This is getting hot and heavy. Like, I'm interested. (laughs) Hi, I like each and every one of you a lot. Let's get the drama. And then they were like, how about a fifth dude? And he's not your favorite. Maybe your least favorite character of the show so far. I'm like, ah, okay. Too many people in the love circle. Yep. 
I'm nervous now because this feels deadly and I'm not sure how I feel about most people, but I don't think I like him. I don't know. Maybe the show will prove me wrong and they'll be like, actually, he's pretty dope. Don't take yeah. his ancestry into account. His his parents and his grandpa were psychotic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the only exposure you've really had to him is him sleeping around in Japan and... I feel like that doesn't paint the prettiest picture. Yeah, he sleeps around and then he comes back and gambles all of his money away on cards and then is like, oh darn, now I don't have money to buy flowers for my fiancé. It's like, ooh, that is the least cool sentence. You seem like a keeper. (laughs) But then on the other hand, you're like, I don't know, he seems fine. Like, he seems like the kind of annoying but not out of line a neighborly guy that keeps trying to get close to Eugene and he's just like, hey man, what's up? And Eugene's like, no, thank you. No. <laughs> I, like, oh, I don't know if he's actually that bad. Don't be mean to him. Yeah, he's, he's at least trying to be friendly and Eugene's like, I'm all friended up. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, maybe we'll come back to that and be like, no, Eugene saw right through him. He's kind of a cad. Yeah. That's my assumption. I've written him off pretty hard, but he's got a chance still. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the next four episodes bring. Usually by episode eight, I've decided exactly who I want to live and who I want to die, so. (laughs) Uh Um, I just feel like this grandpa has two granddaughters, and you always just assume the older one will get married off first, and it seems like Asun is older, so let's... Let's ship her off with this handsome young lad. This seems right. This seems like the right thing to do. They have common interests. So, really quick, did you lose your mind at who Asian's parents are? That they were rebel spies? Sort of. But the actors that played them, did you recognize them? I didn't look them up. So, um... They were the secondary couple in Descendants of the Sun. Both of them. <gasps> what? And they Both were together. And her parents. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I mean, it's sad because they're dead in this, but... Yeah. He got but shot like... right in the head, and she got <laughs> shot, like, seven times, and then still took one more person down. Oh my god. That was cool. That was a cool moment. Yeah, she's a badass. She's so cool. No, I didn't even notice that. I, You said you were on Asian Wiki for like the first episode. I think I was on it for all four episodes, just constantly being like, <laughs> I know that guy. I know that lady. Who is that? And what a cool show. For me as a person who's terrible at recognizing faces, especially to be like, I know literally everybody except for the two leads. Like, yeah, that is so much. cool to me. Pretty much, I yeah. <laughs> I, I keep, like, what? Oh, I just keep scrolling through and I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of these actors. They all have mm-hmm. showed up in one way. I am a little bit caught up and they keep making the joke and God bless them for making the joke because it's making <laughs> my poor idiot. I am usually so good with um, names and faces and that mm-hmm. these two look just too much alike. 
And it's hard for, because they've been in everything together, I guess. And I've never noticed. And now I'm like, did they play the same character or did they not? But um, the actor that plays um, Im Gwansu, which is the interpreter for the American legation. Mm-hmm. And then the ex-slaver and pawn shop owner. Yeah. Um, whose name I've forgotten and I can't find it. It's a lot of characters on this Asian wiki. <laughs> yeah, we know the guy. Yeah, but okay, so him, I know, the pawn shop owner, I know was the main villain in uh-huh. the heart of Goblin, right? Yeah. <laughs> the other guy does look a lot like him, and they make the joke that they're brothers all the time, uh-huh. and I'm so grateful, because <laughs> it makes me feel a fraction less bad, because then I'm like, okay, so was that guy... I think that guy was the villain in Chicago Typewriter, maybe? Oh, The other maybe. one, the interpreter. Okay. But I'm not sure. But he was in it. But it also says the other guy was in it. Oh, God. And it says they were both in Goblin. <laughs> and it says at least one of them was in Descendants of the Sun. They're just listed as the same character on every show. <laughs> over and over again. Are they, this, are they stunt doubles for, like, each other? Maybe. That's really cute. And then they were like, okay, put them both in this one. Different roles That's for once. Fascinating. We'll have to look into that in our bonus episode. Who are these guys? Who are these guys? I'd love to see it. Um, yeah, I think we've also successfully <laughs> avoided talking about the story of this show yet again. Still. Because there's so much going on, y'all, that we don't really understand enough to explain. Mm-mm. Uh, lots of sad stuff, lots of people, uh, lots of little kids crying and losing their parents and resolving to find a new life doing something else. Yeah. Um, what? So what's interesting, I guess, storyline-wise, between um, a couple, so between Eugene and Gudong Mei, um, mm-hmm. is... The Yakuza. Yes. Is seeing the reaction... Because both of them pretty much found different countries to have allegiance to. I mean, I guess, ideologically speaking, we can't necessarily say that Gu Dongmei is like loyal to Japan, necessarily. It seems like he's mostly just, like, you know, running a mafia and uh, doing him and trying to find power where he can. But both of them have kind of said, you know what? what has Korea ever done for us? Similarly, so did the gunner. The um, gunner who's training Aishin. Yeah. Because he also lost his parent and was like, what has Korea done for me? But he's the one that, in a way, is trying to defend Korea still. Yeah, I think he's just trying to take out like the the upper class. Yeah, taking out the upper class and then, I mean, he's training a girl to be part of the righteous army or the righteous bandits or whatever is going on with that. And I'd love to know more anytime they're ready to tell us. Because <laughs> they keep saying those two and I'm like, what if there was just one of you that was named the righteous something and the other ones picked a name? Unless you're <laughs> working together, in which case, can we just call you like the righteous army of bandits? <laughs> are we going to learn more about what these groups are and why they have such similar names 
I'm getting confused. Are they the same thing and everyone just has to say both of them whenever they refer to either of them? Because that seems a bit redundant. Yes. But, yeah, I think it's an interesting, like, as far as trying to get your your bearings in the history of Korea and potentially this slightly fictionalized version of the history of Korea, it's a bit difficult when the mentor of one of the main characters is constantly like, you need to be kept in the dark so that if you're like captured and interrogated, you actually don't know anything. And you're like, okay, but what if you just explained it to me so that I could understand all the rebel groups and what they want and who they are and what's happening? You're asking too much. Asking too much. Just gotta stay in the dark. Okay. It's overwhelming. It's a lot. We'll get there. There's 24 episodes for a reason. Yeah. They're gonna fill them with something, I suspect. I think, okay, one tiny thing with the translating that I thought was really interesting was there was this moment where Aishin gets off the train and she's about to be, like, searched and she sees Eugene in his, like, military uniform for the first time and she's like, he's an American? What? And it's supposed to be this big, like, crazy moment, mind-blowing moment for her. And I just didn't get it because she has straight up only referred to him as a foreigner in response to all his questions he has ever asked. And I'm curious if it was supposed to be more of like outsider. Like I'm not going to answer questions to an outsider. Right, because she could detect that he didn't know anything about her or the customs in Korea or how to be acting or the fact that he just... He clearly didn't know, and then still was so scandalized when it turned out he was an American. And I think that that's something that's happened for a lot of people, but a lot of people assumed he was Korean, and at no point has she treated him like a Korean either. Yeah! So, I don't know, it's just confusing. It's like, who did you think he was? Or did you just try and not guess, because he was a man of mystery? But, uh, weird moment. Yeah. And I did feel for her, I guess, in that, like, she thought she had met someone that she could trust. And then her master, I call him her master, it's her teacher, straight up told her, nah, girl, you can't even trust me. Like, you and I don't even have, (laughs) you and I don't even have the same ideology and goals here just so you know. Mm-hmm. And she seemed to take that to heart and then immediately turned around and was like, we're bros, right? Can we be in love now? But it's so hard because I'm so into their romance already. I am fully on board this ship that is rowing slowly down a river where she's like, you can see the moment when she's like, he gets mad at her. He's like, she asks him a question and he says like, you never answer any of my questions and gets almost pouty. <laughs> but, you know, as much as, a, as much as a grown man can be. And she's like, I might want to answer a question and actually fall in love with this guy. Like, I 
don't think she thought that in her head, but it's a little bit clear on her face that she's like, actually, screw not trusting anybody. I want to talk to this guy. And you're like, yeah, girl, because he's hot and you're hot. (laughs) Never know, just communicate just a little bit. Two beautiful people talking? I I mean, I'm not going to discourage it. It's a bad idea. We know this. And you're going to regret it. But I'm here for it. I mean, he fa- as soon as she started talking to him, too, it's not like he didn't fall pretty fast because he immediately was like, yeah, I'm pretty jealous of pretty much any man you talk to. Uh-huh. Even if he's harassing you. Jealous. Jealous. I love that for them. <laughs> But I do know that it's very dangerous, and he is has been a lot better at being like, I know who I am, and I'm kind of starting to figure out who you are, so I know how much we can trust each other, and it is very little. When our goals are aligned, we can trust each other fully, but when they are not, which right now, I don't know if they are, hard to trust each other. And I feel like she doesn't have that grip on the situation. So every time she finds out something new about him, I can see why it's shocking. But I just don't want it to regress their relationship. Yeah, I mean, it's nice of him also to be pretty straightforward with her instead of using her or, um, I don't know, just ignoring the differences. He, I mean, he straight up says, yeah, that's the problem, huh? We don't know if our... If we're always, (laughs) and that's kind of not going to change. So, Mm -hmm. you know, keep that in mind. I'm an American. can't exactly talk it out. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I'm here for, but we're just going to have to see if we keep running into each other, and that'll be cool. Yeah, I do like to see you. Now hold my rifle, I've got to go pistol whip some people who beat my parents to death hey that last scene (laughs) what's going on bud he is not okay huh you're you're not doing all right i can see that i'm sorry about that but also the fact like he's talking to his american bud and freaking blue eyes yeah He also makes me very nervous, just generally. It might be the blatant racism, which I know was common in those times. I'm not saying it was badly written. I'm just saying it's a lot to handle. Um, But on top of that, the very, like, American tourist vibes. Like, obviously the racism is a lot worse, but (laughs) (laughs) the American tourist vibes is much more relatable, where you're like, Oh, I have been on a trip with someone like this guy. Yeah. And they walk around and they're just like, do 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 do. I don't care about anything. I stole this bat from someone and he seemed mad. And you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> you can't just steal in another country. There are rules here. Yeah, there's still laws. But also that racism that makes it feel okay because he's just like, I don't know, they're just people from Joseon, so. So what does it really matter? Anyways, he's talking to Blue Eyes at one point and he's (laughs) like, it will be a lot easier to get away with murder and like see my revenge through in Joseon than it would be in like America, say. And I'm like, hey, bud, 
is your plan just to straight up murder people in daylight? Because that's so. different. You are a trained sniper. Yeah, it's one of those things, huh? Where, like, he's saying it would be so easy to get away with murder here that apparently he meant it would be so easy to walk in and just kill and not make a plan. Just the middle of the day, show up at their house and murder them. That's that's the whole plan? What? What? Why? Why? You've been very smart thus far. I assume you're not actually going to murder them. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Am I more stressed about that or more stressed about Asian having a fiancé? Mm, that's pretty stressful. I don't even know, though. At this point, I feel like he seems more committed now that he's seen that she's stunning, and that's even worse, so... Gross. Get out of here. I don't... Like I said, there were just enough people in the love square. Like, Hinokudo having a crush on Eugene, where she's like, I might have a revel in love when she's like when she sees how Eugene looks at Aishin. I'm here for that energy. That very low-key, like, I'm not gonna, like, scratch her face or whatever. I'm just gonna try and win this man's heart and, you know, do everything I can to make sure Aishin doesn't. I'm here for that. That's very cool. And then the Yakuza guy being very, very repressed in his emotions and being like, but I also might be in love with Aishin. Like, and also having such a close relationship with Hina trying to balance those two women and where his heart lies and whether or not he even has a heart or deserves love or can get love when he is a traitor to his country. Man, there's a lot going on with that guy. We don't need a third guy. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, um, Kim Hui Song, you gotta go. I don't care about you, sir. You bore me you're just a dumb man <laughs> like maybe you'll get more interesting if your parents are murdered yeah, i'll give you true. that i wonder how he'll be when when and if his parents get murdered everyone that else has lost their parents so they and got way more interesting they're pretty interesting characters so who's to say man yeah i just do not care about that guy oh yep but everyone else, everyone else I'm way too into. Yeah, I'm pretty invested in literally every person and thing about this. And they introduced some new kids, you know, there at the end. And I thought that girl wasn't going to make a comeback, but she did. And then she has a little right? brother. So. Should have known. Should have known it was going to be 24 episodes when they start introducing, like, these tertiary characters that you think are write-off characters that, like, she has that face-off with uh dong Mei, is that his name mm -hmm. and you're like that's a cool moment i love that girl i don't know who she is but i hope she knows where the documents are and chooses the right team to give them to i don't think you know <laughs> uh but then you're like yeah she'll never come back i literally forgot about her completely and then she does come back and you're like I actually needed her to join the tertiary character list. Thank you. Yes. Yep. She was not to become a bus stop girl. I want her here. I want her here. Glad to see her. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. It's crazy there are so many bad people, but the only person 
that I really want off of the show in these first four episodes is Asun. Because I don't know, I assume she's a cousin. She just seems like the pits annoying yeah Yeah. just the pits like Like, let the girl read her newspaper you freaking tattletale piece of shit (laughs) you're literally trying to steal from her right now maybe not the best time to be like i was going through her room looking for jewelry and i found this like hey can we stop that first can we address the other problem can we address the stealing can we yeah. address the stealing? Um, but, like, there's the there's the Korean man who first worked for the American government, now seems to work for the Japanese government, who was shot in the leg at the beginning, who's, like, the big bad evil guy. Like, villain numero uno. He can stick around. We love a villain. We want to see them crushed. Aesun is, like, nowhere near his level. No, she just sucks. She just sucks. <laughs> Get her off my show. I don't want her here. I'm waiting for her comeback. It'll be like episode 15 and she'll do something incredible that I'll be like, hey, soon, forever. Girl, that's my girl. I rooted for her this whole time. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Um, You know what I'm a little bit concerned about? Just generally, like, uh, I kind of want it to be a called shot and I kind of want it to never come true. Uh, that the fact that we learned the English word sad ending. <laughs> First four episodes. Please. Please I just don't. Want them, I want them to be happy. I, can they, can they be happy? <laughs> it's a show about war. So, you know, my hopes are not high, but I still have hope. sometimes you just walk into a romance drama and you're like I don't ever see this working and I want it yeah this is one of those times and I want it so badly there are so many incredible beautiful shots that I could just watch this show forever and they know that they got me hooked and now they're gonna freaking drown me I don't know (laughs) in beautiful how do hooks work how does in- fishing work? <laughs> They're going to drown me in beautiful water. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> so, have we adequately described the plot for you all? Are you keeping up on what's well, happening? Welcome to episode one. <laughs> and uh, goodbye from episode one. Um, do you have any announcements for this week for what's what's been going on in Raquel land? Any any fun fun things that you've been doing? Um I've been watching old episodes of the Great British Bake Off as just like a real good oh. form of escapism. So, you know, it's just been one of those weeks. That's nice. Yeah. Um it's just nice to do stuff like that and uh you know, just be happy and hungry. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, 
which is everyone listening, actually, I'm pretty sure. Emily and I used to watch The Great British Bake Off together. We used to force her husband to watch it with us. It took us a long time to realize he hated doing it with us. Um, but we would order food, usually Japanese food, so that we could have something to stuff our faces with as we watched them make delicious things. And this was, like, a weekly occurrence. It's such a good show to binge together. Yeah. As soon as, um, we found out Jason hated that, we made him watch K-dramas with us when we ate Japanese (laughs) food, so. He sometimes liked those. Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. They did. They they went better. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he doesn't really understand the point of cooking shows. I started to get back into them, and I definitely got really into them over Christmas break. And then I would try and bake some of the stuff that I saw, and he's like, "Now I see the point. This is great. There is an actual benefit to watching cooking shows." Uh, but besides that, I don't think that's something that's ever happened before. I've never been this hungry all the time, so I've never been like, watch someone cook something, and then I'll try that. That seems fine. Never had that willpower before. (laughs) No, I would just go and find other places that made good food and eat their Mm -hmm. food while I watched the people make good food. Mm Mm-hmm. But, nice. Yeah. What about you? Anything good going on? Um, maybe. Um, yes. I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but the baby inside my stomach has started kicking, and that's very cute. (gasps) That's the cutest! Oh, I'm so sad that I'm just not going to be physically in your presence during pregnancy at all, and that just hit really hard. (laughs) Oh no! I think it's nice. I'm kind of miserable to be around. I feel like I... just complain all the time. Just really want to feel baby kick. Mmm... That makes one of you, because Jason will never put his hand on my stomach. I'm like, just, it's kicking. Put your hand on. And he'll be like, okay. (laughs) I feel like he's not against it. He's not, like, weirded out by it. But I'll be like, just keep your hand there. It'll kick again eventually. And he's like, after, like, 20 minutes, if it doesn't kick, he's like, okay, hand off. And I'm like, you're just not. I don't know. I feel like I can rest my hand on my stomach all day, and it would not bother me. And you could rest your hand on my stomach all day and it would not bother me. But for some reason, he's just out. He's got like a limit. He's He's like, like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. That's interesting. I would expect him to get kind of hyped to feel it. Maybe it'll be like more real when there's times when the baby's kicking a lot. And you'll be miserable, but Jason will be hyped. No, it kicks all the time. And like, I know that that's good. I am very grateful for this pregnancy, and I'm very grateful that I have a healthy baby, and I promise I'm staying optimistic, but, like, one night, it just kicked me for, like, two hours straight, and my (laughs) stomach hurt. Like, it has never before in my life, and I, like, I was like, do I need to go to the hospital? Am I dying? What is happening? And it was like, it's because you're laying, like, flat. I was like laying on my back and it was just somebody kicking me in the stomach when I didn't have like muscles or fat or skin in between someone kicking me in the stomach it's just your stomach just those organs just those sad (laughs) little organs unprotected being kicked 
Uh-uh. No. Can you maybe stay, like, this size? Because, like, that's only happened once. And, like I said, it kicks all the time, day and night, just constantly. Very cute, very exciting, usually not painful. But it's going to get bigger, from what I understand. And probably a little stronger. Yeah. Yeah, hey, don't. Don't get stronger. Hey. I cannot. No hitting. No hitting me, for the love (laughs) of God. We'll see how that goes. I'll keep you updated. Maybe I'll just die of internal injuries. I don't know if that's possible. I haven't heard of that um, from just a baby kicking, but I haven't researched it either, to be fair. Never research anything about babies, honestly. (laughs) Like, I have a little pregnancy app that gives you, like, fun facts every day, and it was one day it was like, this week at your doctor's appointment, they will probably look for abnormalities like spina bifida or like heart problems. And I was like, okay. Like it tells you that kind of stuff all the time. And then I didn't realize how worried I was until after the appointment. And they were like, great, the baby looks fine, looking good. And I was like, oh, like I called my mom and I was like, the baby doesn't have spina bifida. Like I'm just so (laughs) grateful that its spine is inside of its body. Like, I didn't know I was so worried, and she was like, I have been a nurse in the neonatal ICU for, like, 30 years now. I have never seen a baby with spina bifida. Never once. Like, big cities like San Diego, St. Louis, Denver. She has worked so many places, and she's like, never once have I seen a spina bifida case. And I was like, (laughs) okay, what in my pregnancy app? even tell me that (laughs) maybe that app needs to chill you need to chill just like don't tell me just be like at your last appointment you may have found out some very scary news that your baby has spina bifida and you can find more information here if you found that out but if not (laughs) congrats your baby is healthy don't worry about things that you don't need to worry about (laughs) thanks oh my god yeah, let's make a new pregnancy app. It's called <laughs> Bad News That Could Have Happened That Didn't Pregnancy App. <laughs> it's called Let's Let's Just Chill Until the Doctor Tells You Something's Wrong, okay? Yeah. Let's talk about things that have already happened and not what could happen. Let's talk about getting together a list of baby items that you need. Because, honestly, how are you supposed to know what babies need? And then don't worry about every single doctor's appointment. Worry about stuff that's in your control. How about that? (laughs) It's a good app. It's a long name. We're going to have to find an acronym for sure. Something more succinct. Yeah. We'll find it. Yeah. Um, If you want to help us name our app, you can email us at plankpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to comment on our episodes, we have a website, playonk.com, where you can do that. You can find the link to our Patreon, and you can sign up for our newsletters so you can find out what I watched in a month and never miss when we come out with a new show. Yeah, we also have a couple of different social media platforms that you can contact us on that we always love to just talk to people and show them what we're up to. We're on Instagram at playonkpodcast and on Twitter at playonk. And wherever you listen to us, 
If you would leave a rating and review if possible, it would mean the world to us. And of course, we would give you a shout out on the podcast because thank you, thank you. That would be so nice of you. But also to help other listeners find us. Yeah. And then um, is that everything? I think just the Patreon. Oh, we also have Patreon, which um, our watch parties are popping off. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I think we will be done with our Goblin Watch parties, but we'll be gearing up to watch something new, and that's on our $5 tier level, so $5 a month, and you can join us most Sundays uh, when we just hang out with other K-drama lovers and we chat in our little chat box and watch good, good K-dramas. Uh, there's other stuff on our Patreon, so check out our tiers. And to go straight there, it's patreon.com slash playonk. Woo! Thank you, as always, for listening. We appreciate it so, so much. Join us next week for the next four episodes of Mr. Sunshine. Yeah! Okay, bye! Okay, bye!